Hello, my name is Hayley Morris and this is Conversation Time. Welcome back to Conversation Time. I hope everyone's doing well. 2021 so far has proven to be slightly wild you could say. Things have happened, but I still feel, and I might be wrong in this feeling, I still have that gut feeling that this year, and I don't want to jinx it, but I've got that gut feeling that this year is going to be a positive year. So I'm just going to say that. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to put it out in the universe, but welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. It's one that I recorded back at the end of November, beginning of December, and it was due to go out the week I had COVID. So obviously it didn't go out and then I took two weeks break and I've come back with series two. So I'm actually really glad that it's going to be the first guest of series two because I think it's such a good one, such an important one. And I just honestly loved recording this and loved hearing her story so, so much. So I'm joined today by one of my school friends and wonderful human beings, Ellen. I absolutely cannot speak her praises enough. She is such an incredibly positive and uplifting person. I just, oh, she just radiates sunshine like through and through and I just I am I've got so much respect for her and I've just got so much admiration for her and I just think she is a wonderful human being. So today we talk about her birth experience. We talk about her hypnobirthing and her whole experience and lead up to giving birth including her birth story which I'm just absolutely fascinated by and there's so many things in here that I just think are so important for you to hear. If you know someone that is pregnant I would really really suggest sharing this episode with them. Not because it's my podcast and not because I want people to listen to it, but simply because I think that what Ellen does is she really debunks some of the kind of stigma around hypnobirthing because I know there's a lot of people that don't necessarily agree with it or don't really believe in it. And I will just say as a trigger warning, we do talk a little bit about miscarriage at the beginning. Also at the end of the podcast, about an hour in, we do talk about Ellen's miscarriage. So if this is sensitive to you or if this is triggering to you in any way, that is kind of the mark that you'd want to stop and maybe just skip over the beginning. But I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to follow Ellen, you can find her on Instagram at EllenMCC. But without further ado, let's jump straight into the episode. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm good. So good to good. speak to you. You as well. Oh, it's so, I, honestly, I've been <laughs> so excited for this podcast for ages. Just really, really excited to get talking to you. Oh, I'm excited too. Like when you first mentioned it to me, I was thinking, oh, do people actually like want to hear about this from me? But then I thought, you know, it's just... I love speaking about um, this kind of thing anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's a good opportunity for it. Might, it might help someone out there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I definitely think it will. So yeah, I want to talk about your journey with pregnancy and your hypnobirthing. Because from what I've heard, it has been such a great experience with your birth. That just sounded yeah. to me. I think people have always made birth sound really scary. But yeah from what I've heard it sounded like such a lovely experience and not kind of what you hear in the media or from loads of other people I don't know yeah absolutely and I think when um I first found out I was pregnant this time around Mm -hmm. I was I was really lucky to have a really easy birth uh, in pregnancy this time around um from start to finish it was I didn't really have any sickness or any um kind of the usual kind of side effects people tend to get with pregnancy but I was um, in my first trimester because of having a missed miscarriage previously mm-hmm. a couple of years ago that really affected me and that I think for that first trimester I was very very anxious and very nervous yeah. even though I was so excited I felt like I couldn't properly get excited for the pregnancy until I had that first scan and yeah. knew everything was okay um, so I ended up having a lot of early scans actually yeah but as soon as I kind of told people that because I decided to wait longer than I did before because Mm. it all just went you know it all went wrong but when I eventually told people that I was pregnant there was obviously um, a lot of people you know very excited for me and everything which is lovely but you do one thing I found this time around was that as soon as you announce it so many people just love to tell you their horror stories of birth 
Yeah. And just you wait, you know, you might be having a good pregnancy so far, but just you wait until the birth Mm -hmm. and it's going to be painful and you're going to be on your back and you're going to be screaming. And I just kept, like, I was quite nervous anyway, because I hadn't really thought about the birth aspect of the pregnancy. I, you know, getting pregnant was the thing. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the back of your mind, it's like, oh, and eventually the baby will have to come out of me. (laughs) And I wasn't really thinking about that. And but everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people, I don't think, not under any malicious way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people like just want to prepare you for yeah. what they believe is their reality of what birth experience mm-hmm. is like. So I was kind of getting a bit stressed out about this, you yeah. know, hearing these constant stories. And I wasn't really being told many positive birth stories. Um, and obviously, my idea of birth, when I thought about it, was. Uh, how it is portrayed in the media like from Mm -hmm. a very young age when you see birth on film or tv it's always in a brightly lit room you're on your back you're screaming there's loads of pain and it's very medical so that's kind of just what you know and it's fine because at the time I was thinking you know I'll just have a pregnancy I'll rock up when it comes to it and I will give birth and just whatever happens happens yeah but I think someone mentioned to me about hypnobirthing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a couple of my friends who have also done it as well, but I hadn't spoken to them really in depth about it. So I, I knew the name, but um, someone mentioned it to me. and I thought maybe it's worth looking into just so I could. I wanted to kind of take control of, yeah. like take back the power, I guess, of the situation and decide that, you know, like I'm having a really positive pregnancy. Like mm. there's, I don't believe that birth should be a negative experience. Like, no matter how you, you know, come to have the baby, like whether that's naturally or, you know, surgery, I, Mm -hmm. I wanted to believe that I could have a positive experience rather than all these horror stories that, you know, people were telling me. So that's kind of where it all began. And I started looking into hypnobirthing and obviously I think the name hypnobirthing puts a lot of people off because it's like, oh, it's a bit like, you know, I mean, I love all this stuff anyway. Yeah. I'm, you know, very spiritual and I'm into all the, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I was kind of like, oh, it sounds right up my street, even though yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, Max, but, um, my husband was like, you know, are you going to be hypnotized into thinking <laughs> you're going to have a good birth? Like, is that what it's going to be? And obviously, that's not what it is at mm-hmm. all. Um, but I do think the name alone puts a lot of people off, but I'm open to all this kind of stuff. So I think it, it I, I automatically resonated with it when I started finding out kind of what it all meant. Um, and when you started researching it or getting into it, is it something that starts like early on in your pregnancy or is it something that happens like literally the day of or a few days before? Like, how does it all yeah, work? Yeah, so that's, um, that's one thing I had no idea about either. And mm. I actually uh, got in contact with a hypnobirthing lady on the island, um, mm. but this is pre-COVID. Yeah. And because I thought I want to, if I'm going to do these lessons, I want to do it face to face because yes. I feel like, you know, it's, it, I learn by doing and everything. Um, so I messaged her just I think I was around 24 weeks um, at the time when I messaged her and she I was like when do we when you know, when's the best time to like, do a course and she was like well now 20 weeks or you know as early as you can mm-hmm. is the best time and I was thinking that seems a bit early like surely it's better to do it closer to the birth so all, yeah. you retain all that information and you remember yeah. it all and I said that to her and she was like no because the more time you have to practice the, the, t- the skills and the tools um, the more benefit you'll get out of it. At this time, I was still thinking, oh, I don't really understand what it actually is. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of thought about it, about when I was going to do the course and didn't really look into it that much. I kind of read a little bit about it, but I wait, decided to wait a little bit longer before I properly uh, kind of committed to a course or anything. Because yeah. in my head, I thought I want to do it closer to the time so I'll be more prepared. Yeah. Because I didn't really know what she meant by how, I was like, how can you practice? Yeah getting ready for birth like birth's <laughs> happening at 40 weeks it's not yeah. gonna happen you know 20 weeks I'm halfway through so I kind of put it off for a while and then obviously the pandemic happened it all kicked in and she couldn't do classes anymore oh no so I was like oh well, well you know she did start offering online ones but then I heard about the positive birth company which mm-hmm. is really like well-known hypnobirthing company I think they're based in Brighton I'm not 100% sure but mm. they offer an online course and because of the pandemic they were doing their online course which is usually 40 pounds they were doing it for 20 pounds and I thought it's yeah. oh, a pretty good deal I'll just buy it and mm-hmm. see you know what what it's about so I ended up doing it all online and it basically is like modules it's broken into modules so 
you learn about kind of the science behind everything and, and then it shows you the tools that you need and I was automatically hooked and I also was encouraged by people who told me about hypnobirthing to get Max involved because and I feel this really strongly no matter who your birth partner is whether mm-hmm. it's your boyfriend girlfriend um, your mum sister I, I think if you're going to choose to do a hypnobirthing course it's really important to get your birthing partner to do that course with you because yeah. then they can support you throughout and not just in the birth situation but during pregnancy as well because one thing I did realize when I started the course at about 27 weeks was that I wish I'd started it earlier because the tools that I was practicing made me have a like continued to make me have a really positive pregnancy amongst the chaos that was happening with the pandemic yeah. and it have it guided me to get to what I believe was the reason I had a very positive birth experience mm-hmm. so that fear of birth that I initially had you know I'm so scared like what is it yeah. going to be like because it's such an unknown like how could you ever like getting pregnant is one thing but then the idea of like you can never know what birth is going to be like until you've done it and yeah. it's very scary and it kind of just took away that fear and actually made me excited for oh that's birth. so positive <laughs> I think as yeah well, people make it so, like everyone from my what I know and what people have said around me is like giving birth is the most pain a human being can experience that <laughs> yeah. is the most terrifying thing ever to hear so it's so it positive when you have something that makes you feel good and excited yes. about it and I think a big part of the hypnobirthing that I took away the most was it because a lot of with the pandemic a lot of antenatal mm. courses and things were kind of not being run as much and it kind of gave you that antenatal course but it tells you really about the science and what happens to a woman's body with the muscles in your body mm-hmm. when you go into labor like the different types of hormones that are released like the oxytocin which is like the love hormone so mm-hmm things you can do like the more oxytocin you have flowing through your body the less adrenaline is going to kick start in your body so your body kind of you're going along with what happens naturally Mm -hmm. rather than when you get tense and stressed and scared it fights against naturally fights against your body those hormones and just learning about the science sorry (laughs) 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 and the science um behind it all like I had no idea like I feel it's a real disservice you know in school the edu- the sex education that you get surrounding women's health I think I remember it's school like with sex education we like got given a bunch of peri- like tampons and then they got you w- watched a video of a woman giving birth and it was yeah. horrific and I think like people were like fainting all over the place and stuff <laughs> and like I don't think you know I didn't know anything about how the, the body really works when it comes to giving birth and I think having that knowledge and you know giving yourself that information and understanding what your body's going to go through through a very a massive massive thing in your life like giving mm. birth is monumental and to understand the process of what's actually happening I think is you know knowledge is power and it's yeah. really it helps you get through like some re- a really intense because it is when it comes with the pain thing you're saying um obviously everyone says the most painful thing that is pain but it's more like intense yeah. I, for me I didn't really think of it as painful and I think it's really annoying when I say that to people because it's kind of like oh, actually I, I didn't really think it was painful obviously <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think like a lot of, obviously there is there is a type of pain but because yeah. of the hypnobirthing tools that I was using I felt very differently about what my mm-hmm. body the about what my body was experiencing essentially and you know with the once you go through the science and everything you learn about what your body mm-hmm. does the main tools the hypnobirthing stuff goes through is really just the, your control of your breath like yeah. your breath is the, your biggest tool and just preparing yourself your mind your body you know I was is a lot of affirmations and that's mm-hmm. not for everyone but for me um, I'm very big into like journaling and affirmations and uh, manifesting and the, all that kind of stuff has got me yeah. through like you know some very tricky times in my life Mm. and I was able so I kind of was familiar with the kind of tools they're talking about anyway so maybe some people adapt a little bit easier to the whole idea of it but and you can take as much or as little as you want I think from it but yeah they guide you through it all yeah I mean it's such an interesting thing when you talk about the fact that you learn about the process and everything that happens because it's something so simple and when we go through so many things in life like at school we are taught so much about so many different things and we're very like clued up on a lot of experiences we're going to go through but we don't seem to be educating anyone on this huge thing that is going to happen to (laughs) many women and men are going to be there as well and it's exactly like when you think about it's like why don't I know what's going to happen to my body like why why am I not told that 
this is going to be a thing that's going to happen to my body if I want it to. Absolutely. And I think it's also really important to know that just because you're giving birth doesn't mean it has to be this medicalized situation. Mm. Like you can have control, like with the hypnobirthing course, it kind of teaches you about all the situations that could happen. So, you know, I was, I had my dream birth in my head and I was like manifesting that and, you know, putting it out there to the world. This is what I want to happen. But I was also preparing myself for any type of situation that can arise like you know there's c-sections there's interventions Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that can happen in birth a lot of things that could maybe go wrong so it's more about kind of knowing the processes that are available out there and whether like the one thing they talk about is using your brain which is oh god I completely like it's just (laughs) gone out of my brain (laughs) um oh my god that's so frustrating that I've just forgotten it it will come back to me okay (laughs) like a you know like every life it kind of makes you think about um oh yeah so uh say there's an intervention they say Mm -hmm. you know we might have to do an intervention and you might have to have a c-section you kind of think about the benefits the risks Mm -hmm. your the alternatives that your your instinct like what is your instinct telling you and what happens if you just do nothing so you know what happens if we just do nothing for another hour what will happen will that be okay give yourself time and it really is just about trusting your body like for me massively um trusting that your body knows what to do like we are mammals yeah um people have given birth since the dawn of time like I think it doesn't have to be even if you're in hospital it doesn't mean you have to be on your back with your legs up um, mm-hmm. with doctors intervening and the bright lights there's lots of things that you can do to ha- take back that control understanding what you can do like with pain relief like uh you know it's absolutely okay that's one thing but I wanted to say with hypnobirthing it doesn't mean that you should be expected to not have any pain relief Mm -hmm. and have a natural birth like through your vagina like it really isn't about that it's more about just giving you the control to understand what you want to stay Mm -hmm. be able to feel confident to say what you want and know that this is your birth this isn't the doctor's birth like you can take back some control about what is going to happen to you what Mm -hmm. position you give birth in your environment how you want it set up do you want music do you want essential oils do you want like led candles yeah what you you have options even if you're in a hospital setting to create an environment that will give your body the as much chance to have all that oxytocin flowing mm-hmm. enable to you know let you birth your baby and trust that you can do it it's just what, so it's like the craziest thing in the world when you say you know we've been doing this since the dawn of time like it is the most natural thing like a woman can go through really because it's something that all the women that came before us like in our (laughs) ancestry they've done it you know and it's exactly your body knows how to do it and when you look at animals they don't they're not in a hospital they're just they're just out there doing it on their own and that's the crazy thing is when you look at that you just think no one's controlling that birth why is ours so different exactly and I think it's maybe in the western kind of cultures and society now I do feel like a lot of power is taken away from women Mm. to make women believe that they maybe don't know what they're doing and that women um you know should accept you know if you're maybe a few days overdue from your due date like Mm -hmm. oh that means we're gonna have to give you you know an intervention we're gonna have to start it off you know manually and women maybe if they don't understand what's going on and like they're being told about the risks of their baby and obviously there are things you should listen to but if you're a few days after your due date it it's absolutely okay like it doesn't mean that you have to unless there's a medical reason there's obviously lots of things with pregnancy that it is important to listen to advice but it is also really important to trust your body and listen to your gut instinct I think to know if you want have as little or as much intervention that you feel comfortable with and to take back that power and it's okay to say actually I want to wait like a few more days and see if my body goes into labor naturally I want to you know see if there's things I can do to allow that process to happen as you know as as it can do and I do think a lot of reasons people have negative experiences maybe I mean I don't know I'm not pro I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about birth and every woman is so different but I do think maybe a lot of reasons people have negative experiences is because they didn't understand why things happened and they were told that this had to happen a certain way and they kind of lost a bit of control of that situation I don't know (laughs) yeah no I think it's I think it's so easily done I mean I've got no experience of it whatsoever but I do think I don't know I think you can put your body into so much stress anyway in any situation and talking about breathing it's so funny how you think you know breathing is the 
probably the most simple thing to do to gain control of the situation. Like me and Will, obviously, in another podcast, we're talking about when you get into a cold shower. Like the second you really focus on that breath, the pain of the cold shower goes (laughs) away. So it's kind of like if you can manage your breath in situations of stress, of trauma, then you know that you kind of can re regain that sort of exactly like with um the hypno breathing like starting early so a big part of my practice with breath Mm. was really really important to me I would make sure every day I would take at least half an hour to myself um I got really into having like the the house we live in now we have a bath and I've like haven't had a bath in a house for ages so I was very excited so I would you know set I'd have a nice bath I'd put candles I'd make a really good playlist um of relaxing music um I'd have like essential oil oils going and my crystals out you know I had like a whole setup yeah. not saying anyone has to do that and but I would get in the bath and I would listen to the affirmations that came with this hypnobirthing course and there are things kind of like you know my body knows what to do I love and mm. respect my pregnant body like all these kind of really lovely affirmations and I would listen to them kind of on a couple of loops and I would just practice my breathing which was so simple it's literally just breathing in for four and breathing out for eight so you're just mm-hmm. doubling the breathing out essentially and I would just practice that every day and if I didn't have a chance to have a bath I would take half an hour to go on a walk and I would listen to my affirmations I would breathe in for four out for eight and I would just practice kind of getting into that flow of slowing the pace down slowing my breath down and kind of really being present for that moment you know phones away like setting up my environment and just feeling really kind of in tune with my body while um, I while I was kind of in this like meditative meditative state and when it came to actually giving birth it it kicked in like everyone said to, like I spoke to people about that I was doing hypnobirthing mm-hmm. and people said well you know it's all very well doing all this hypnobirthing but as soon as you get in there as soon as you start giving birth it's all going to go out the window yeah. you're going to be screaming you're going to be in pain like nothing can prepare you for that mm-hmm. and that you know it shook me a little bit because I'm thinking well I, actually I don't believe that like I think you know I, I I think it you can stay in control but obviously I'm like a novice I've never had a baby before so maybe I think I was like talking out my ass a little bit but also I felt very strongly about the kind of practice that I was doing and I wanted to believe that I could have a positive birth whatever happened and when I did go into labor and the the contractions which language is a big part of it as well like they don't say contractions they say surges because it's like a nicer word um you know a contraction sounds very like contracting and hard and painful whereas like a surge it's kind of like a wave of intensity but you know that intensity will then kind of drop again it's like it's like a wave um Mm -hmm. and that's what contractions um felt like it is like build up and it's like it comes up it gets quite intense it goes up and up and up and then it does go down again and that was Mm -hmm. really important for me to know that whenever I had a surge it would go down again it wouldn't Mm -hmm. last and then you get a bit of a break so in between surges so whenever I felt one coming on I would I started breathing did my foot in for four out for eight um five times and I knew that I mean that's just kind of the number I got to but I knew that by the time I'd done my fifth breath it would be over that surge would be done and I would have a break so when I got you know counted in my head you know one in for four out for eight two in for four out for eight when I got to three I was like right I can do this because in two more breaths it's going to be over and I'll have a break until the next one comes on but I was able to kind of stay in that zone of just really focusing on breathing throughout the whole time I mean I wasn't in labor for very long it all happened very very quickly but yeah the breath the breathing was I mean like with everything we know how important it is for so many things like anxiety panic attacks or anything but it for birth it is just the most precious tool I think (laughs) definitely it sounds it so I mean are you happy to speak about the whole birthing experience you had like yeah absolutely yeah yeah of course it was so I've been obviously doing all this practice and I was in a very lucky position I think because even though it was a pandemic there was a bit of you know nerves about you know um going in and like would Max be allowed in Mm -hmm. and everyone was saying like you can't have your partner with you until you're four centimeters dilated Mm -hmm. and obviously when you go into labor you don't know you don't know how dilated like how far along you are when you get there or anything um I all I knew is that because of my hypnobirthing and what I wanted I wanted to stay in like a good environment for me as long as possible Mm -hmm. so I knew that when the time came I wanted to try and stay at home for as long as I could before going to hospital Mm -hmm. because I knew when I got to hospital it would be a very different atmosphere there would be bright lights there would be medical professionals it's just a whole different scene and I'd kind of created this space over the time of my pregnancy at home so 
I decided to have a sweep when I got to 40 weeks pregnant because I was really fed up at that point. I was like, oh my God, everything is so hard now. It's like you're heavy. Everything takes ages to move. It's like by the end, it's a real like, oh, it's so not fun at all. (laughs) And because of the hypnobirthing, I was really like, in my head, I was like, I don't want any intervention at all. And that included sweeps, Mm -hmm. which is basically when they, the midwife just goes into your cervix oh god I don't know if I'm getting the anatomy right now but, um, <laughs> and she does like does this like a sweep and kind of like encourages things to get going yeah and I remember I called up Emily because she's a midwife yeah the day I was supposed to have a sweep and I called her and I was like is this okay like what do they do in sweeps like should I have one shouldn't I have one I don't know if I'd say no because you can refuse them mm-hmm. you don't have to have them and she kind of just went through what they do with me and I kind of gave me the confidence like right it might work it might not work because they don't always work yeah and they can be a bit invasive if your body's really like closed up but I decided to have one and if not then it's fine because a big part of hypnobirthing as well is around the due date so you like they give you the due date literally just because when you have your 12 week scan they kind of estimate 40 weeks from that and that's when they expect you to like that's kind of like smack bang in the middle of when they you might give birth but you Mm -hmm. can give birth anytime I mean obviously early as well but anytime between 38 and 42 weeks it's like a normal window yeah to give birth in and a lot of people get stressed out I think when they reach their due date because they're like oh and then you get everyone asking you like well have you heard yet I've got the baby yeah. yet like you know anything happens and that puts a lot of stress on and you're trying to you know stay as calm as possible so in my head I was like I'm 40 weeks but I want to like if I get to 42 weeks it will be, it'll be rubbish but you no know, because it gets really hard and I you know props to everyone that does it but it's still a very safe time to you know still be pregnant even though yeah. a lot of people do choose to have interventions before then to get things going anyway sorry I'm just chatting away no, um no, but yeah so we we had the the sweep she was said that like I was already kind of like one centimeter dilated I think I had a really soft cervix it was really mm-hmm. favorable and she said that she wouldn't she wouldn't be surprised if I go into birth this weekend and I was like oh god right really like okay that happened that's a, kind of a crazy thought because I kind yeah. of got used to just you know again I hadn't really thought even though I've been doing all this practice I hadn't really thought about the actual birth yeah. And all those feelings start kicking in again. It's like, oh my God, I yeah. feel so huge right now. Like my baby is going to have to come out of me. And it's like, <laughs> God, like, I have no How idea. is this like, going to happen? Yeah, it all kind of starts going in your head a little bit. Yeah. But I decided that night, like not to think about it. I went on like a really nice, so we walked the dog every day anyway, but it yeah. was obviously the summer. Um, so the evenings were lovely and we went for a really nice long walk. to like, just get all those really good feel good hormones going. Yeah. Like we're so lucky on the island to be able to walk like by the beach every day. Um, and that really was, amazing for me as well like with the hypnobirthing to kind of just soak all of that up so I had the sweep went for a walk uh, I think that night we had sex as well because that's you know everyone says like oh you haven't tried everything yet that's gonna get going and you know what I think it actually did because it, I lost like my plug that night and I was yeah. like oh that's a bit weird and then it got to about midnight and I started to feel like period pains mm-hmm. and I was like is this something maybe not I haven't had this feeling in you know nine months but I was able to kind of just sleep through it so I kept waking up every now and then a bit like oh that's a bit intense but then it would pass and I would go back to sleep and it then Max got up for work on the Friday at seven and I kind of woke up not I was a bit uncomfortable and I just didn't really I couldn't carry on just sleeping I couldn't do it anymore so I decided to get up I had a shower I kind of got ready put my makeup on did my hair and I went down and had some breakfast and like I was feeling this feeling more but it wasn't that crazy so I kind of just started timing the contractions on this app that I had which kind of tells you about your contractions and when you're in established labor and it said that I was already in established labor I was like oh well this can't be correct because I'm having my peanut butter on toast like I feel fine um you know apart from a little bit of discomfort and this was about nine o'clock now and Max was on his like work call to his friends and they were all we were all just like joking about it just like chatting away thinking it's not going to happen today but then I went upstairs and I suddenly felt like it got like it did get more intense yeah. so I put the 10 I had a tens machine that I'd ordered and I'd put that on my back and that kind of just like take kind of distracts the 
the pain in your brain a little bit you're having the contractions but then every time you have one you press the button on the tens machine and it like sends these like pulses through your back and it kind of just confuses the feeling of what you're having and i just i couldn't the only way i could get comfortable was just i was just on all fours kind of in like a cat cow yoga position and i put my affirmations on and i was just breathing and i couldn't speak at this point it was getting to a point when i the only way for me to kind of get through this part was by just breathing like in my in for four out for eight called up the mid the hospital about half nine telling them like you know i think something's happening and they're like oh you sound fine like you just relax get in the bath like it's good to stay at home for as long as you can and they're like, you sound really calm and i was like well i well i am doing hypnobirthing so i'm trying to breathe and they're like yeah you got it you're doing all the right things I'm like, okay and then what about half 11 and at this point like max kept coming up to check on me because he was at work yeah. and every time he came up i was just like in silence and I'd, like, i just couldn't look at him i couldn't look him in the eye um and i was just breathing like really deeply and it got to midday and my i felt my waters break like mm-hmm. everyone i didn't know what it's gonna feel like because you know you don't know if it's gonna be like a gush or if it's yeah. gonna be just like a little dribble you know when it happens like yeah. it, it wasn't loads but it was really obvious like it was like uncontrollable peeing but not <laughs> peeing it was really, it, it was really weird to explain but as soon as that happened things just like ramped up mm-hmm. and I was like we need to call the hospital again like it is happening now like I, I know it's happening so we called the hospital and they're like no you sound fine on the phone <laughs> you just get in the bath and I was like I'm not getting in the fucking bath sorry I'm not getting in the bath right now like I can't move Max was like right we're gonna get you into the hospital we need to get in the car and I was thinking I can't I can't I literally no. can't move I can't speak I can't look anyone in the eye how the hell am I gonna get into the car um and it, that felt like the hardest bit for me like trying to transition from this kind of like space that I'd created in my bedroom on all fours on the bed with my affirmations you know I was just like I I don't know how I'm gonna get down the stairs but somehow I did Max kind of got everything ready for me in the car all my bags and stuff I didn't even know all this was going on I kind of stayed in the zone I I turned the me like the volume up loud on my headphones and I was kind of like waddled to the car and that was that journey my god you mean it's only from ride to Newport which is what it was like 15 minutes or maybe not even that because because of the pandemic there was like not many people on the road so we got there really quick but oh my god it was horrendous every bump every speed bump it was awful but again just listening to my affirmations breathing and then we got to the hospital and max couldn't come in so i just we didn't know i didn't even know which way to go in as well because yeah. there's two entrances to the maternity ward so i went through like the main bit where people go to get their scans mm-hmm. like there was no one in there apart from the guy at the desk and i was like walking so slowly and i had my head down and i was like profusely sweating at this point because it was so hot and I went up to the counter and had my mask on and everything and the guy was like are you all right and I was like okay I'm in labor and he was like what and I was like I'm in labor and I was like couldn't like I like couldn't speak and I couldn't look at anyone because I was just, just trying to focus again on my breathing and they could this woman kind of ushered me up to the labor ward which was up these stairs and I was oh, like oh my no. god what's going on and she was like so what room are you in I was like no I'm, I haven't got a room like I I haven't been here I've only just got here and she's like oh so you haven't been like checked in or anything I was like no like I've just I've just arrived I think I'm having a baby like oh my god <laughs> and they put me in this room by myself I was like someone will be with you in a minute and I was like okay and again just like I was holding onto this sink just looking down just mm. breathing and I think everyone I felt like I was being really rude like in my head that's what I was thinking I was like I must I must seem really rude <laughs> because I'm not like speaking to anyone or I can't look at anyone and then someone like I think like one of the cleaning ladies came in and she was like you're not gonna be sticking that sink are you and I was like no I'm not like no but like this is not you know it was I think it was a really busy day at the hospital when I turned up and I don't think anyone realized how far along I was either I mean I didn't even realize but I just remember feeling like something had changed and I felt like I needed to do a poo like it felt so intense like I've never felt that I was like oh my god not only like (laughs) Do, am I not like I'm alone in this room but I'm gonna shit on the floor like what is gonna happen like this is insane what is happening to me right now and I I think because I was being really calm I was just being quiet I was breathing but it, there was like a slight point when I just had to scream out and I was like I'm going to poo someone help me and then like all these people came in like are you all right love and I was like no I'm not all right I'm not okay and they're like we'll just get on the bed and we're gonna check you I was like I can't I can't get on the bed I can't move 
move. So they checked me standing up and the woman just looked at the other woman and she was like, I can feel the head, the baby's here. She's fully dilated. And they were oh like, right, we need to get you to the labour ward. So I wasn't even at freaking oh labour ward. And, and then they're like, is your partner here? I was like, well, yeah, he's in the car park. And they're like, right, you need to get in here now. I was like, oh my God, it's all happening very fast. Because it was about two o'clock, no, like one o'clock in the afternoon or something. Yeah. It was a really hot day. And it was just really unexpected. Like I had this, my vision was going to the hospital having a water bath being able to set up my environment with my candles and my music my playlist I'd spent ages curating and you know like putting like getting the whole thing set up is what I wanted to have essentially um and being in the water for a few hours maybe and just like it all being having more time to really indulge in the whole birth Mm. process but it just didn't happen that way and they got me to they kind of started walking me to this room and I, I kind of naively looked up at one of them and was like can I still have my water bath oh, and they were like yeah okay and they like pretended to like turn the taps on in this room and like for the pool and they were like yeah it's not it's not gonna happen and then Max kind of came in and he's like are you right and I just looked at him and then like the one midwife just said you know Ellen the baby's come in like we've they've checked me again they could feel the head coming out and they're like you just need to get into a position that you feel comfortable with and let's go and I was like right okay so I just the room had like a double bed on the floor and I just got into like <laughs> got onto my hands and knees and you know like in yoga when you like you're on your hands and knees and you go down to child's pose I just kept doing that motion so I was like on my hands and knees and I'd go like kind of like bow down to like child's pose and then go up again and I just did that and I was I was, com- I was completely silent just breathed for it was about 25 minutes and then they said like they, like they asked me if I wanted to feel the head and I did and then that was like a couple more pushes like or not really pushes I felt like I was just every breath I was every time I breathed down like my down breath and when I went down in that position I was she was I was like I felt like I was just breathing her out and Max said that I was like a Tibetan monk because I was just so quiet he was like I've never experienced someone be so silent and all the midwives like it was really like weird in there because no one was saying anything and I was just like (laughs) and then eventually it was it was just crazy like it was like a final I think the midwife said to me there's going to come a point when you will have to push harder than you think you can push like you're gonna breathe out and you're gonna have to breathe like so you're gonna breathe have to breathe out more than you actually physically can and I got to that point and then like it just happened then like the head comes out and then the body kind of like wiggles out um it was very strange and very surreal but it all happened in about well the birth the actual like giving birth was about 25 minutes but the whole process just felt so super quick I you know I was still in my dress my makeup was dripping down my face because I was so sweaty you know I didn't have like Max didn't even have chance to get the bags out of the car they I hadn't you know I I'd prepped this whole bag full of all this all my hypnobirthing tools and everything I needed but in the end like all I did need was was my breath and that was the um most valuable tool you know it would have been lovely to have had the environment set up how I had pictured it or visualized and maybe like had some music on or like you know all the snacks everyone tells you what's you know prep your snacks and all the things you need for birth and I think as a first-time mum you know no one expects you to have a, a fast birth but I, I do think with hypnobirthing it's getting more recognized but I do I think it's quite common that midwives not all midwives but quite common that some midwives um don't necessarily believe in your because you're trusting your body and your own instincts and if you say you're ready to come in and you sound calm and you sound very like you know present I don't think they always think that you are as far along as you are they want to like with COVID they want to you know delay it as much as possible because there was all these rules in place so yeah I it was a very very quick experience and I didn't have time for any pain relief which I'm not against at all because you know I I said very early on if I need an epidural if I need any kind of pain relief then I will I'm not gonna I'm gonna accept if I feel like my body needs it I will take it um but yeah I just didn't have any time for anything no gas and air no paracetamol it just happened very quickly so and then she was here if you had more time do you think you would have had the painkillers I think it's it's really hard to know because um like in when I was in that experience like I again like the pain side of things it didn't really feel painful it just felt like a very intense 
intense experience and I think because it all happened so quickly I didn't really have time because I was trying to focus so much on what my body was doing and I was really only just focusing on my breath and that was all I had control of I didn't really have time to like and because I couldn't like felt like I couldn't communicate what I needed you know I was so hot in this dress I was like I was thinking I wish someone would just take this dress off me because I'm so hot but I couldn't communicate anything because I was just trying to focus so deeply so maybe if it didn't happen so fast and I felt it for longer perhaps I would have needed pain relief but it's hard to know because it didn't really happen that way for me yeah. and I do think with you know it's very important that you do to accept these things that they're, they're there for a reason like a lot of people with hypnobirthing techniques I think is the whole idea is to do it naturally no pain relief like on on like all fours you know in a position that isn't like med so medical but it really isn't about that at all I think it's just if you choose to have pain relief it's just knowing the benefits and the risks yeah and what you need to get you through it because for some people it's a really really long experience and it will you know be completely different to you know, everyone's experience is so personal and yeah. no matter what happens whether you, even if you have a cesarean you know it's it can still be a really positive experience as long as you feel that the option you know the things that pre- are presented to you you've you've decided that, that it's okay to take those choices and because you're aware of what what the situation is and you can still set up the environment for a cesarean you can still have your music on I think and have certain things in place that um, will help you have like a positive you know experience as much as you can um, it doesn't have to be a vaginal birth for it to be or like without pain relief to have an empowering birth um it just kind of that's just the way it happened for me in the end and it really wasn't what I expected at all but it was amazing it really was like the just the most amazing feeling in I've ever like the biggest achievement I've ever done in my life it was crazy and it was I felt I've come away feeling so positive about birth I don't it wasn't scary it was just trusting that your body knows what it's doing it knows how to birth your baby and if you're pregnant right now you know it's a it's it is your your body will know what to do when the time comes and I do think it's worth looking into birthing if you're open to it in any way um but obviously it's not for everyone it is and it will still be positive without hypnobirthing as well of course but I find it so like I don't know I think because obviously Immy had told me a little bit about your experience I found it so I don't know it made me feel completely different about it all because before I think I've always been like well that sounds like such a scary thing but you made it sound like something to really look forward to and such an amazing positive experience which I feel like so many people will benefit from do you think that it was so positive because of the hypnobirthing yeah for me personally I think if I hadn't have done the course if I hadn't have learned about birth about your body about the processes that happen the different types of scenarios situations like I you know it's like I think it's like with anything it's like if you run a marathon you Mm. would never just turn up to a marathon on the day without doing any training and expect to be able to do a marathon yeah birth is like a marathon it is hard work it's really really hard work your body goes through a really intense experience there's you know I mean I had a second degree tear which you know I didn't really know much about either like tearing is a really really common thing in birth that no one really talks to you about and like things having stitches and things and I do think that should be normalized more and talked about more because there's a lot of aftercare that comes with having a baby that you know I think when you have a baby you're kind of expected to just you've had your baby now you're into the world and there's a lot that your body goes through for you know in the fourth fourth trimester which is um a really I think if you're you know if you're pregnant now looking up at the fourth trimester because that's really really important as well it kind of follows on really nicely from hypnobirthing but it's I think if I hadn't have done that course and learned what I did and practiced how I did and just allowed I kind of got into the right mindset I mean it comes very naturally to me anyway I think because I really love all that stuff and I believe in it a lot and mm. the power of the mind and the power of the body and what you know you can go through um and I really 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 wanted a positive experience so I just wanted to believe in something that would help me and I do really believe that I did and everyone I've spoken to who has done hypnobirthing has it feels the same like I don't know anyone that's done a hypnobirthing course and come away saying they've had a negative experience experience Mm. and of course there there can be complications 
um, you never know what's going to happen when it comes to birth, no matter how prepared you are. You know, I could have been really prepared, gone to hospital and there could have been something that meant I would have had to have, you know, surgery or something. You never know. And obviously your baby, your baby's care and your care as well, like your health um, and safety is is really paramount in the whole experience. And you have to listen to professionals. um, But, you, you know, it's about just understanding what you're going through in order to come out with it, knowing that you've done everything in your power to to allow it to happen mm-hmm. the way you want to so you're not slipping like the control isn't slipping away from you yeah it's, it's very empowering it's like oh it's a crazy amazing amazing experience it's I wish that um in schools and things women are taught more about their bodies and what we can do and what we're capable of you know it's been going on for years and women are 100% capable to birth you know to birth a baby it's so yeah. natural like you said it's yeah, so bizarre it's, that we're not taught anything about it and it's also so no. bizarre how taboo it all is especially you talking about yeah. the fourth trimester and after like that's something that no one really talks about and it's something that I've thought about a lot because I always think well afterwards it must be pretty painful or it must feel very strange and also then not having your bump and something you've been used to for nine months yeah it's a real like it really messes with your head I think like as positive as my birth experience was like Mm. my after birth experience wasn't necessarily very positive you know I I think because of the way my birth was um I gave I had I gave birth like just before two Mm. in the afternoon and they stitched me up um they actually gave me gas and air for the stitches because they're like oh you didn't get any to have any pain relief so have a little bit of fun and I was like oh this is (laughs) great Um, but the the stitching was horrible it was really like uncomfortable I mean even though I was kind of you know Nora had latched on so I was Mm -hmm. breastfeeding and I was kind of just in awe of what had just happened but I was definitely in shock um because I got stitched up and then two hours later they sent me home and I got home at about six ordered a Domino's and we just had this baby with us and we were just like what the fuck (laughs) has just happened I've just had a baby and two hours ago I was in hospital and you know four hours ago she was still inside of me and then I was just thinking like because at the hospital they were trying to give me all this information before I left Mm -hmm. you know this is how how you do this is how you do that and I was I wasn't taking any of it in because no. I was like in shock I didn't realize that it was quite normal to stay in hospital for like a day or so mm-hmm. after giving birth I had no idea that was like the normality because they sent me home so I just thought that was normal and actually I struggled a lot of breastfeeding that was really 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 hard I found it one of the most hardest things I've ever had to do and I the amount of times I said this is worse than labor like this was this is the hardest thing and there was there's a lot of support out there but you also feel um quite alone with it as well like because you're in this little like newborn bubble Mm-hmm. with this baby you're sleep deprived because you know your baby doesn't know about day and night yet they're trying to figure out you know life as well and they're trying to learn Bre- breastfeeding doesn't come naturally like that's one thing no. I thought would and it doesn't and it's something you have to learn it's something your baby has to learn and there's so many complications and I can see why so many people don't continue with it as well because it's really really hard and there was many times I decided you know I was thinking I don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. four months later nearly five months to you I'm still breastfeeding and I love it now and it's amazing and I've really got I've got to a good point with it but it was hard for quite about five or six weeks for me I found it really really hard and also I was bleeding a lot because Mm. I had these second degree tear um and that's like a very strange thing because you know you have to you end up wearing these like you know like crazy pants that like absorb everything Mm -hmm. and that's like a real part of it and obviously you're you have nine months to get used to your body growing and developing and everyone's like oh wow you've got this bump and it's amazing Mm -hmm. and then you give birth and almost instantly in a second your body is different it is not your pre-baby body it is not a pregnant body it's just a body that you know I I mean I've I struggled a lot with body image and I have for mm-hmm. like most of my life and it really knocked me back how much my body had changed and how yeah. different I looked now and as much as I wanted to like keep focusing on I've got this baby and she's amazing and my body yeah. has done this incredible thing you know your head is still battling then with but you know you look so different and mm-hmm. you have all these like you know after six weeks your body should be healed enough to get back to exercising so you feel like if oh. you'll get to six weeks and you're mm-hmm. not exercising or you're not feeling up to you know getting back into shape then that's like you feel like you should be doing it and there's pressure yeah because 
six weeks is the cutoff six weeks after birth you should be feeling fine and you know if you've had a cesarean then it's even longer and they, they call it the fourth trimester like there's books in it there's a really lovely book on it but um I can't remember the name of now but um I've got it somewhere and it's it really is just about look at your self-care and looking after yourself in the most loving way in that fourth trimester the, the next three basically the three months after giving birth is a really really important and precious time mm. that no one really tells you about the ups and downs and there's a lot of ups and downs and it is an amazing thing but I think it gets forgotten about because it is the pregnancy is the is the big thing you know everyone yeah. sees it and you see they see you mm-hmm. growing the birth is a thing that no one really tells you about but it's a massive part of it obviously yeah and then you are kind of left to your own devices and you're you know I still can't believe I've got a daughter and she's thriving luckily but we had some really hard times at the beginning a lot of stuff went on and it was really tricky and it you know like postnatal depression I I don't Mm. necessarily I think I maybe felt it a little bit maybe not as much as some people I guess you know those things are really real and they're not really talked about very much you're kind of just expected to be happy that you've had a baby and that you're so lucky that you've had a baby and it's okay to struggle because it is breastfeeding sleeping or not sleeping so there's a lot of after care stuff like the bleeding healing all sorts that is really really hard you get through it obviously but yeah it's a massive massive part of um of it as well that no one really talked no one really told me about so that was a bit of a shock it was in shock for a while yeah I can imagine and it's so crazy to think I mean I think we've all seen from I guess magazines when we were younger how much pressure is put on women afterwards yeah to get back into shape like I remember celebrities I don't know if it was Britney or someone else and they were like I think it was Abby Clancy I saw in one of of her like on the front page of a magazine when I was younger and it was like six weeks after birth and she looks like this and she looked really good and I was like yeah that's at the time I didn't realize how damaging that is to a oh my god yeah you know a, a new mother that's maybe not in the public eye that is looking at that thinking well I don't look like that yeah why am exactly. I supposed to look like that yeah and some people like naturally I think have those body types that do maybe lose weight but lose the baby weight quicker yeah and there's a with the social media you know especially with like mums on social media there's a <laughs> there's a lot of comparison and mm. you know I don't think anyone is, is you feel like you're constantly looking at other you know what other people are doing yeah how it's like wow they've got back in shape very quickly and um I think if you struggle with confidence or body image or you've had eating disorders or anything in the past or anything that can affect how you feel about your body and mm. it's one of those things that I would mention it to people and everyone's like yeah but you've done this amazing thing your body has done it and I'm like yes it has and actually you know it's constant reminders you have mm. to like it's you have to work on it every single day to yeah. remind yourself that you have done through this amazing thing and it really doesn't matter it really really doesn't matter but because of the world we live in it's it is a lot of pressure and a lot of you know I think I put on about four stone throughout my pregnancy and after birth and I'm nowhere close to getting back to that but you know I don't think my body's ever going to go back to the body I had before my baby because it's changed and mm-hmm. I don't want to put it's really hard to like put that pressure on you to feel like what are you validated if you then get you lose your baby weight like does that make you enjoy being a mum more like I don't know and it's a lot of it's it messes your head because you don't want to be on the one hand you don't want to be thinking about it but on the other hand you can't not <laughs> think yeah. about it it's a really really I didn't expect to feel that how how I did after having giving birth because I felt so empowered through pregnancy mm-hmm. and through my birth and I'm a very I'm the type of person that is like I want to lift people up and I, I want to lift myself up really as much as I can but the, you, you can't help but think about those those things afterwards when you, your body is so in a, literally a day it is mm. so different I remember just looking in the mirror being like oh my god I didn't recognize myself I didn't have yeah. a bump I didn't have my body was like well, obviously when you're pregnant your whole bone structure and everything kind of mm-hmm. changes in order to get your body ready to give birth but yeah it's, it's a real hard one it's 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 tricky I can imagine and it's like you know handling all the outside stuff as well with the fact that there is so much emphasis put on weight and the way your body looks yeah. and I, I, yeah. I just think it's weird in general when you think about how we are as people and how we've evolved it's all everything has always revolved around weight like you look back oh my God, to it is yeah like you look back to you know like Victorian period and you know it was like if you were you know a little bit heavier you were kind of seen as rich and affluent and then if you were yeah. really skinny you'd be mal- 
malnourished and poor and then it you know somehow yes. it evolved to what it is now and it's like there's so much emphasis on how we should look and there's not enough yeah. emphasis on how we are as human beings and what's inside and what we do oh my god definitely and it's even more like m- messed up now I think because obviously like you said like before there's like different things like if you're skinny if you're bigger mm. what that means in society for you and obviously that throughout each generation it changes like you know what you look you should look like the skinny yeah. big bum you know whatever it was always changing but now we're living in a society that isn't just about you know what is deemed you know ideal situation mm. for your body but because even people who have amazing like obviously everyone has an amazing body I'm, I I am very body positive and I want everyone to feel confident in themselves yeah. <laughs> including myself which is very hard on an individual basis but yeah. with filters like even even the most like Google Kim like the Kardashians everyone is still using filters on Instagram like no matter how like the the perfect body in you know quotations it's it's still being filtered like so what is good enough anymore it's crazy like not even when you get to a point where you think I'm happy you're still putting a filter in yourself it's yeah like it's a weird weird time for body image I you know just, personal so straight I find the filters the weirdest thing though because obviously on Instagram you have different filters that are like almost like games like there was that one yeah what it's called like the gibberish thing and when you oh, put yeah. that on you were suddenly airbrushed and I was like why am I airbrushed <laughs> like okay I've got acne oh deal God. with it like yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to have my face airbrushed but there's no option to take it off and then oh my god exactly. you know you're, you're putting out this image of you just doing a really innocent game and yeah airbrushed so it's like there's there's nothing about Instagram now that doesn't airbrush me or make my nose smaller or my eyes yeah. big or my lips huge and then you get used to people on their phones so much you get used to seeing yourself as this new in this new way mm. all the time so then when you look in the mirror it's like whoa like <laughs> Like, is that me? What the fuck is this? You know, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's really, it's, it's so, it's so bad. Like, it needs to normalize. You know, I like, I wish the filters didn't exist because, you know, sometimes I feel like I can't put a thing on myself on, like, on Instagram without a filter, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and I suffer like with eczema, and mm. that's a big part of my postpartum body. Um, yeah. Like, I had my skin was great through the summer and through my pregnancy and the hormones really were kind to me during yeah. my pregnancy and I was felt very confident in my skin and coming out on the other side obviously massive hormone drop because mm-hmm. all those hormones that are in your body and then breastfeeding has its own amount of hormones and my skin just flared up like crazy like probably in the early days some of the worst like the day I gave birth to Nora my skin was at its best I was yeah. I couldn't believe it I felt like I had that glow you know and then maybe a couple of weeks afterwards my skin skin went monumentally downhill mm. and I just couldn't believe how much the hormones had affected me again and but luckily with Instagram no one really sees that I don't <laughs> often show my if I'm having a bad skin day mm-hmm. I either won't show my face on Instagram or I'll be using a filter like I think sometimes it must be a bit of a shock when people see me if I'm having a bad skin day because I don't show it very often and that's just putting it on me because so many people suffer with stuff like this you know whether it be acne or whatever you feel like you can't like if you have to hide that part of yourself then because of Instagram putting all these filters on all the time it's it's like you can't that affects you in your daily life because it's like oh people don't know me like this like this is my this is who I am my my every day but people haven't seen me like this so it makes me nervous to then meet up with people even if it's my friends sometimes I'm like I have to see my friends and I'm having a bad skin day like oh my god this is awful like I don't want to do it I get anxiety and the same with you know like my body and everything as well like you can find yourself putting off like wanting to see people in mm-hmm. real life because of how you look and because it's not how you're perceived on Instagram because of filters it's just so messed up like it's not doing yourself any favors to succumbing to it all the time um it's, but you know we'll yeah. do it but <laughs> I know it's it's such a disappointing feature that Instagram added because I just feel yeah. there's so many societal pressures that tell us how we should look how we should dress you know the perfect yeah. image of a person is this and it's like that's such a it's so unattainable and it it isn't it isn't realistic like we all are very individual we all look different we all have imperfections and that's what makes us us and makes us a human being and then we're kind of forced to hide all this stuff and then it gives us this anxiety and makes us feel unworthy and it's like you know yeah there's no reason that eczema can't be called beautiful there's no reason that acne can't be called beautiful 
there's no reason that so many different things that we all have can't be yeah. cool or normal and it's such a shame that you know social media and other things have made us feel like you know us as we are in all different ways isn't acceptable and it just you know it's it's really upsetting for so many people. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm really lucky that, you know, Max is, he lifts me up so much mm-hmm. every day. He's, he tells me like, you know, he's so kind to me when I'm on my worst days. But, you know, even the fact that I've gone, like, I think I, you know, I've gone through like having, having a baby and doing all these things that really lift, like empowered me and made me feel amazing. And like what I've achieved, I still will then feel bad about myself or like won't have a picture of me and and Nora because I don't like the way I look or something. It's just ridiculous. Like it, it's it's a real thing you have to work on I think Mm. to get yourself out of that mindset and to actively change and I'm really I try hard to to change my way of thinking and like you know with the whole affirmation side of things like during pregnancy I still I you know I use them now I I write I journal a lot I write down like things you're saying about being worthy like it's Mm -hmm. really important to like remind yourself that you are you are worthy like you're worthy of feeling you know good about yourself of course you are everyone is despite having a bad day like it's okay to have those bad days and it's like a lot of self-practice but it shouldn't be it should be accepted more you know widely I think I I try to get off the social media but it's it's a trap isn't it very addictive (laughs) it's so hard not to be on there like you honestly you you forget how addictive it is and then you spend like hours on it and you're like oh "Oh, my god and then you're like obviously yeah and I know exactly and especially in the pandemic like everyone's on their phones more aren't they and it's yeah it's a funny it's a weird old year like I can't believe that I've been pregnant and given birth and stuff like throughout a pandemic I know weird such Uh, a crazy situation I I would if you're happy to talk about I would like to talk about your previous pregnancy if you're okay just to talk about it because I know obviously I remember that period I remember when you and kind of everything that happened with that and I think again this is something that I mean I think at the moment more people are talking about it and it is such a yeah. thing and something that a lot of women go through but are kind of silent about because mm-hmm. you know I, it's a personal thing and it's something that you start to feel isn't common yeah and I think when it does happen to you I can imagine it feels very strange and very alone like you must feel very alone with it and I just I kind of want to know your experience with it and- absolutely and I do feel really passionate about being open about yeah. miscarriage it was it's one of those things that I think when it happened when I found out I was pregnant I'd been with Max for a long time it's mm-hmm. something we knew we always wanted but it wasn't planned at this stage so it was you know very very exciting and we knew we both knew how much we wanted it so we were over the moon and I think I found out really early as well I think I was about three weeks and I just decided you know I'm so happy I wanted just to tell everyone <laughs> so I told so many people my friends and family and that you know it's a small island it just gets around and I was absolutely fine with that and you know it's when you, you get pregnant for the first time and especially with family members you know we had people knitting us stuff already and I was like oh my god like I haven't even had my 12 week yeah. scan yet but I, the idea of losing a baby wasn't ever really in my head I hadn't really thought about it as an option <laughs> that could happen um, obviously you hear about it but you don't really think about it actually happening and we went to our 12 week scan I think I was a bit further along though than 12 weeks it was because of the timings of things yeah it was just like the worst time because I knew automatically straight away I knew there was something wrong because the atmosphere in there you know they have to get someone else in and it was a whole thing and I had had a missed miscarriage so that's when the baby has died um but you haven't had that classic you haven't had the bleeding bleeding. yeah so baby's just kind of getting smaller and smaller because obviously it can't thrive and that was like you it's hard because you get to the 12 week scan and that's the first time you see it on on um on picture and to then obviously have something that wasn't really there anymore and it's obviously devastating and then afterwards you know it was still wasn't over because I had to have the operation to get it removed and everything so and that took another three days so you know for three days after that I was walking around knowing that like I wasn't pregnant anymore but I was I was still pregnant yeah. and it was just oh it was really really heartbreaking knowing that I then had to tell people you know, and some people didn't know and you'd still get people being like oh how's it going and it's like mm. 
nothing nothing ever prepares you for this and it is a really really hard thing to go through whether you've gone through it once twice you know no matter how many times it's really just one of the hardest things I think especially if you really wanted it to happen yeah and you know but then I the more I kind of there's a lot of support out there actually for miscarriage like the miscarriage association um, website and there's a lot more resources coming out now but one in four women will have would have had or will have a miscarriage and if you you know think there's a group of women in a in a room that it's very very likely that there's people in that room that have had a miscarriage of some sort and it's really really common and it's not talked about enough and you feel like when you do I felt like you know my body had failed I felt like I I felt like I had failed as a woman to not be able to carry this baby through and you know then you have all these worries like will it it happen again like that's why getting pregnant again the second time was very nerve-wracking I couldn't really enjoy pregnancy up until about 30 weeks actually I was nervous for a long time kept worrying something would go wrong and it's hard to relax into it like if you had a miscarriage but it is it's very very common and actually when I did I chose to speak out about it to let people know because I told so many people I think I actually put a post on social media and when I decided it was the right time just because I didn't want to like be walking down the street and someone to ask me about it and have to tell the story again because every time in the in those early days every time I retold it it's very very emotional Mm. um it's very very hard to relive that when I did speak about it so many people messaged me oh my god so many people messaged me on instagram like I can't remember how many but just it was so many people really unexpected people a lot of people I knew that obviously I'd never realized had gone through something like that and there was so much support from these women and you know there are people talking like offering to be there as someone to talk to um, resources and just kind of knowing that there was other people having that shared experience made me realize that it's crazy that women feel like this is something that you have to go through by yourself or alone like you said you do feel very very alone if you're not speaking about it and I think like obviously recently there's people like celebrities that have spoken about it like Chrissy Teigen Mm -hmm. and um, Meghan Markle and you know a lot of people be like oh why would you share like this like so private it's like I don't like this baby was very real to me this was a real experience and those 12 weeks up until that 12 week scan they are not easy some people really struggle with those 12 weeks you you get sickness you get the tiredness that you've got your body goes through so much in those first 12 weeks but you feel like you can't really some people don't tell people that they're pregnant until 12 Mm -hmm. weeks because like what if I have a miscarriage before 12 weeks and then like what does that baby not matter anymore like you are pregnant from the day that you just like they find out you're pregnant if you want that baby like if you decide you know you want that baby you should feel like you can talk about those feelings and all those all those really like I think the first trimester is actually the hardest because of everything your body is going through and then Mm -hmm. to lose a baby during that time and if you haven't told people and then you feel like you have to then take all that on by yourself and but you feel like you can't talk about it because of what doesn't really matter because you didn't actually come to fruition like this it's so wrong and it really should be normalized and for like mental health and like taking time off work it's really important I just yeah um yeah, if anyone does has gone through it and would like to speak to me I am always happy to be a support and talk to people because I'm very open about it but yeah you, you are not alone like people are not alone because it's really 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 common doesn't make it easy just and that's another thing just because it is common doesn't make doesn't it mean easier. that no not at all it's really hard it's a really hard thing to deal with it's crazy yeah I honestly I am so proud of you and I think you are just so you're such an incredible woman and you're so (laughs) brave and strong especially for talking about it on here I just think I don't know I really admire you and I I think you're such a wonderful positive light and just like the most amazing mum like I'm so (laughs) proud of you oh thank you so much it's yeah it's all a bit strange still I'm you know it's every day is different navigating it all but it's amazing as well like I, I am like Nora is just I can't get over the fact that she is a part of me <laughs> oh honestly that really got me that was a very very emotional lesson I feel but so informative and so important and Ellen I am so grateful for you for being so open so honest so real and so raw it is just inspiring to hear your story and I'm so grateful for you for sharing it I hope that you all enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date with new episodes there is also a back catalogue on all of your favourite streaming sites where you can listen to all of the episodes from series one. But I will speak to you all next week for another episode.